Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Curry. Curry driving with wall back goes reverse with a left hand. It was so weak. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. End to end. Curry leads a three on two. Left side. Harrison Barnes. Two hand slam. 17 to one run. 23 to eight beginning. End to end. Curry leads a three on two. Left side. Harrison Barnes. Two hand slam. 17 to one run. 23 to eight beginning. Some of the highlights from last night's big win for the Golden State Warriors. Warriors knocking off the L.A. Clippers in a Western showdown, 115-94. Steph Curry with 25 of his 31 in the first half. David Lee, 24 points, 13 rebounds, and now his league-leading 14-20 and 10 game. It was a 20-1 run in the first quarter, set the tone for the contest, and though the Clippers made a series of runs throughout the game, Golden State kept them working uphill all night long, and the Warriors get a big win, and it sets up the rematch on Saturday night when the Warriors head down to L.A. to take on the Clippers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy, inviting you once again to take a seat around the roundtable, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable here on KMBR 680, the sports leader. First of all, my thanks last night to Tom Tolbert for sitting in one of 10 games that he will join me here on Warriors Radio. Had a great time with him, and Tommy did a great job for a first time uh, working together as uh, a team. It went, uh, I thought, very well. We had a great time, and what a game to call last night. What an atmosphere at Oracle Arena. Now, in tonight's show, we'll uh, start off with a guy who's making a contribution with his defense and his rebounding, and that's Andres Beadrent. It's been a long way back for Andres to try to get that confidence going once again. But a tough go for him. We'll talk to Andres about his role with the Golden State Warriors and his thoughts about uh, this year's team and about his future in the NBA. Also tonight on the show, we look back at 15 plays for the holidays, our final edition as the Golden State Warriors organization tried to make the Bay Area a happier place uh, this holiday season. And this week, it involves a pre-Christmas toy drive with Warriors head coach Mark Jackson. We'll take your questions on Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X, or you can send me an email at timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at warriors.com, and we'll try to answer as many as we can. And then a look ahead. This is a very tough stretch for Golden State. In fact, 11 of the next 12, starting with last night's game, our teams are in position to get to the playoffs this year. Division leaders in this stretch as well, including the Clippers on Saturday. And then a very tough game next Wednesday night when the Warriors welcome back the Memphis Grizzlies. It was the Grizzlies who knocked off Golden State and their home opener this year. And the Warriors want a little payback. But Memphis, a very tough team. They hit a little bit of a skid lately. But this is a very tough team and a team that is battle-tested a team that is playoff-tested, and uh, I think they're one of the tougher matchups for Golden State with their inside game with Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph. We'll get previews on both of those contests with the voice of the Clippers, Brian Seaman, and also the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, Eric Hasseltine. Promises to be an interesting show as we look ahead on the schedule and talk to Andres Beadrent. All this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, the 22-10 and 10 Golden State Warriors Weekly Roundtable. It's time to drive for five with Kia. Purchase or lease a 2012 or 2013 Kia vehicle, and you'll drive home with two tickets to five Warriors home games. For complete details, including a list of participating, for complete details, including a list 
of participating Bay Area Kia retailers. Go to warriors.com slash Kia. I, Tim Roy, Andres Beadrich will join me when we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KBR 680, the sports leader. Lee in the bounce, cuts off and takes the hand off baseline to the rack, jammed it and was fouled. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Right side, Curry waiting, two-man game with Lee, gets the pick, finds Lee. Lee's open, has to Beadrich for a two-hand slam. David Lee to Andres Beadrich, and Beadrich dunked it down, and that brings the Warriors bench to their feet. Andres Beadrich with a rim rocker. Turner the other way, bounce pass, Nick Young, wheels up, it's rejected, knocked out of bounds by Andres Beadrich. Young trying to do the 360 and spinning it off the glass, and Beadrich said, no, 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 no. And the Warriors weekly round table continues. I, Tim Roy, big win last night for Golden State over the L.A. Clippers. And a quick reminder, the Holiday Hoops of four-game mini-plans brought to you by Jamba Juice. They feature all the Warriors' marquee matchups, including the upcoming appearances by the Miami Heat, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or the L.A. Lakers. Get your Holiday Hoops plan tonight and receive a $10 Jamba Juice gift card. Go to Warriors.com or call one gsw hoop and press option number one. Our guest on the weekly roundtable this week, Andres Beadrich. Warriors with a nice win last night, Andres. That, that game had uh, kind of a playoff feel to it last night. Oracle got pretty loud. You know, we know that um, they, they were coming in hot. Obviously, I mean, even though they lost the uh, day before at the Denver, but still uh, they had a great run, and uh, we knew it's going to be a great game. So we were ready for them. When you get on the floor and you guys come out of the locker room, and uh, you're in you're in warmups. Is is there a different feel for a game like that as opposed to one of the eighty uh, two? I think it is a little bit. Obviously, if if um, a really good team comes in in the town and uh, the Clippers, they had seventeen in a row. I think everybody was really excited. Um, we were playing well, and um, obviously that team is from LA, and everybody you know wants to uh, beat them. So uh, it was it was a special name. Look at that! You're now a, you're an official Bay Area person now. When you say you want to beat a team from L.A., exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're you are we have assimilated you into the uh, the Bay Area culture. Uh, t- tell me a little bit. It just seems in the last couple of weeks that uh, you've kind of gotten back into a little bit of your rhythm. Is that a fair assessment? I think it is. I think I'm I'm still getting there, but. Uh, I think I'm on the right track, and um, you know, and obviously the games are are getting better for me, you know, and and I'm playing better, so I'm in the right way. You know, it's interesting uh, to watching you. Uh, I think a, a lot of people, and in fact, I think Tom Tolbert was telling me last night on the air a little bit about that. Is that you know, I think you're an underrated defensive player. And I think you use your body very well against certain guys. T- tell me a little bit about your progress on the defensive end, say from when you started uh, with the Warriors to right now. What what do you, what do you think you learn over time in this league that can help you be a good defensive player inside? The first thing I think you learn the most is obviously if you play against those you know top top big guys in the league for years. You kind of start to knowing them better and better, and after the game, when you watch tape and you see what you did wrong and what you did right, I think after the couple of years you're playing them, 
you already know almost all the moves they they gonna do and you kind of prepare for it already so it's it's nothing new to you i think that's the most important thing just study your study your um you know the big guy you're gonna play against and um that will make your job much more easier so you have a mental scouting report on say most of the big guys that you're gonna face in this league Probably. I mean, I've been in the, around a long time, and now I know how everybody plays, and, uh, it, you know, and it just makes it much more easier. Which which players do you think are the ones that, that you have to, okay, i got to bring my defensive A game against this guy tonight. Who are some of the guys that you have to really be ready for? I think one could be probably you know, Dwight Howard, I would say. And um, he's really a um, physical player. He's probably one of the toughest you have to guard. But um, but the same thing, if you do your work early and uh, get into him, it, it, it could make your night much more easier. Now, when you're playing a guy that likes to run the floor, say, say like next week Memphis when Mark Gasol comes to town, every now and then he'll kind of leak out and get down the floor quickly and try to get that great position. You know, is that something you have to be aware of going into a game like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, you have to prepare. Obviously, you know his game. You're going to watch the tape and you know his moves. But um, you got to be prepared to, to run a lot, too. There's some big guys who will, you know, work in the post all, all day, all night. And some big guys is going to run the floor all the time. So you kind of have to be prepared for both. Uh, on the offensive end, is some of the the Andres Beatrice we saw a couple of years ago, is that starting to come back as well? It does. It takes a time. You know, it takes a time, but it does. And I think, um, you know, my teammates at Coach are tr- start to trusting me more and more, and uh, that gives me a confidence too. And uh, like I said, um, I will just keep working, and um, I will get there. Yeah, I, I think you will. And one of the things that, that – is interesting, and you don't see this. You may hear it, but you don't see it. When when you contribute on the offensive end, you get a rebound, you get a, a dunk. Uh, a, a lot of times, when you look over that bench, that bench is genuinely exciting for you. You know, everybody gets <laughs> up and gets fired up when 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 you do that. Yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be pretty cool for you to know that they have your back. It is great. I think um, we have a great group of guys and. Everybody supporting everybody, and uh, it is it is a lot of fun. Especially now when you when you're winning and everything is going your way, and uh, it's just a lot of fun, and uh, we're one big family. Now, do you do you pass along any words of wisdom to Festus Azili? Because you've been where he was. You've been you know a rookie in this league, and you know how tough that is. Have you passed along any words of wisdom? And also, what do you see? With Festus, what kind of player do you think he can be? Yeah, we had a once in a while talk with Fest. You know, I tried to help him. Like yesterday, he had uh, he had those quick fouls against Blake, and um, I told him how how he needs to guard, and it will help him. And uh, he's a great guy. He's a really great guy. Um, he's willing to learn. He's um, you know coming in early, always working out, and. Um, I think he's going to be really good, and uh, I think for the rookie, he's doing really great. Tell, tell me a little bit, we're talking with Andres Biedrich here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. You know, uh, I see you guys line up in the tunnel. First of all, it was it, wh- whose choice was it to for Iron Man, for you guys to come out to Iron Man? 
I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe that was you. I thought maybe that was. You know. No, I would be the last person. Uh, I, 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 it just looks like you guys have so much fun with each other when, when you know, because when you guys are in the tunnel, they have a camera there, and you can see it in the big screen in, in the in the arena, and it just looks like you guys are having a blast down there. We do, we do. Um, you know, most of the, those uh, rookies, you know, they really. Uh, are uh, happy and uh, they always joke around, but uh, the most important thing, we can have as much fun as we want, but uh, when we get on the court, everybody is focused, everybody is, um, you know, getting ready for the game, and uh, there's no more fun after that, but, um, you know, you have to know when to have fun and when to play, and I think um, the guys are doing that really well. Boy, I got to tell you, um, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I think somebody's going to get hurt in one of those pregame uh, <laughs> bouncing around. I mean, is it Bazemore that's in the middle of that? Bazemore is the main guy, oh. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like, it's like a sprained ankle waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, hey, what, um, what's uh, hanging around Andrew Bogut been like? Been great. Um, you know, he's working extremely hard every single day. Um, he's the first one in here and the last one leave and uh, you know it's been he always kind of you know he's in our team and he watches the practices and he tries to help the big guys he talks to the fest a lot and uh, Jeremy and he he's there he's with us and uh, we just can't wait to to get him back it's gonna be interesting to see when he gets back and and uh, what he will bring to the table now you were with the ball club obviously in in the Oh six oh seven part of the We Believe team, and you saw the impact that a trade bringing in veterans like Stephen Jackson and Al Harrington did for the team. This year, what's the impact been with the additions of Jared Jack and Carl Landry? I think it's been huge. It's been really huge, and um, those are two really great players, and and they're coming from the bench, you know. And uh, that's the, the I I think in this case that's the best part of it. It, because we have, I think, the second union is um, really strong as well. And um, they've been helping really a lot. And like you said, they've been in the league for a long, long time. And uh, it really helps, especially we have like a bunch of young guys and a bunch of vets. And I think it's really um, evening up. And um, that's why I think we have a great success so far. Yeah, it's a really good mix. Warriors and Clippers uh, Saturday uh, down at Staples, 7 o'clock the time on KMBR 680. Yeah, do you keep in touch with uh, some of your former teammates from your earlier days with the Warriors? Well, as long not, I think uh, when when uh, we see them, when we play them against some other teams, then uh, right. we chat with them before the game or after the game. But um, on a daily basis, probably probably not. It's it's interesting to to um, to, uh, to look at the, your your career, you know, as a, as a Golden State Warrior. You know, you're you're the longest tenured Warrior right now, which means that you're, you've been the guy that's been around here the longest. I know, right? And you're here too. <laughs> <laughs> too. Yeah, I've been here a little bit longer than you. So, hey, when when you're in in the off season, are are you um, uh, a guy? Do you like uh, do you like cars? What kind of things keep you busy in the off season? I like water a lot. I um, I spend a lot of time on the water, by the water, because in Latvia we have a lot of water. We have a Baltic Sea. We have a nice beaches and uh, and the lakes and that kind of stuff. I like to get uh, away from the city and uh, spend more time, you know, 
away from everybody, basically. Are you a, a sail sailboat guy or a power guy? More like a power guy, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and and do you, do you like do you basically sail the Baltic Sea? Do you go to different ports? And Not really. I I don't go like into the sea, but uh, you know I don't want to try that yet. But uh, you know, drive around the coast and lakes and that kind of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. How, how how's uh how's being a dad for Andres Beadrins? It's been great. It's been really great, and um, I can't even express how much fun it is and um, how much joy it brings. And um, and when you come home after the game or after the practice or you had a bad game or something, it's you know you just forget about those things at least for a couple hours, and um, it's been um, it's been amazing. Now, what uh, your son is? What uh, was he about? Sixteen months now. He's uh, he's about to be twenty. Twenty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 It's going quickly. He's going, going quickly. fast. Is he? Is he uh, mobile now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that changes things. <laughs> that changes a lot of things. <laughs> so you know, as, as we start to wrap it up, um, you know, and being a dad is just the the, the greatest thing in the world. But the, let's let's get back a little bit to your your uh, your basketball side of things. So tell me about your relationship with Mark Jackson. And you played for a number of different coaches. Uh, what do you see with Mark? Um, I think we have a great relationship with Coach. I think everybody does. And, um, and uh, I think he, he helps a lot that he played so, so many years in the um, NBA. And he knows the player side as well. And I think he kind of mixes up those both things being a coach and used to be you know a great player and um i think um it works out really well he knows how the guys feel he don't need to like f try to figure it out like what that guy is thinking or what this guy is thinking i think if he had been there he knows exactly what's what's going on you know it always impresses me that uh you know he's a coach that that really has your back I mean, he is, uh, he is he's the kind of coach that, that he see, he just seems so supportive all the time of you guys and, and keeps talking about the positive things that are happening on the floor for the ball club. It just, it's got to be a, a fun situation to work for him. It is. It is, it is a lot of fun. And like you said, he, he's always going to be there for you, not only on the court, but off the court as well. You know, he will support your family and, you know, everybody around you. So that's why it makes him, uh, you know, a, a great a great coach. It seems like you guys have a good staff to work with as well, you know, with the assistant coaches. They seem to be, uh, again, a good, loose bunch that, that you know, they're, they're serious. They get you guys, get your work in, but they seem to be a pretty easygoing bunch to be around. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a great feeling if you have a great relationship with all the coaches and at the same time they are your like friends but at the same time they are your coach and uh, I think that's a special relationship you can have with your coach Alright Andres I really appreciate your time and, and enjoy uh, your success of late and, and uh, the fact that you're your rebounding and your defense is helping this team win games, and and uh, what a run right now! Twenty-two and ten, that's mm -hmm. pretty good. Thanks a lot. My thanks to Andres Beadrich for being my guest on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Coming up, we'll continue to explore how the Golden State Warriors organization tried to make the Bay Area a happier place this holiday season. We'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox on Twitter, Warriors V O X, and then later on in the hour, the preview 
of the next couple of games and two tough games it will be at L.A., the rematch with the Clippers on Saturday night, 7 o'clock, and then next Wednesday night, back at Oracle to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. All this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, KMBR, uh, 680 The Sports Leader. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Tonight we look back at our final edition of 15 plays for the holidays. And this involves Golden State Warriors head coach Mark Jackson and the San Francisco Firefighters Local 798. They hosted a holiday toy drive. It was back on Thursday, December 20th, before the holiday, and it was at Red's Java House on Pier 30. That's where the Warriors are going to be building their new San Francisco arena, and fans were encouraged to bring new unwrapped toys in support of the San Francisco Firefighters toy programs. And the first 150 who donated received a limited edition Warriors holiday autograph card and a 50% off a burger purchase at Red's Java House. If you've ever had one there, you know how good that is. And as a side note, the San Francisco Firefighters Toy Program is the oldest and largest organized toy program in the nation. It gives out over 200,000 toys to 40,000 needy children on a yearly basis. Now, a majority of those are sent to underprivileged children in San Francisco. However, the firefighters' toys have been delivered as far away as Japan and Haiti for earthquake survivors, as well as to hurricane survivors in New York City and New Orleans. It's a great charity, and it's one that Warriors head coach Mark Jackson and the Golden State Warriors organization was very happy to collaborate with this holiday season. Well, you know what? We always have high visibility because we're San Francisco firefighters and it's Christmas and everybody wants to help out. But just to get a little more publicity and a little more star power, I mean, you can see today there's a huge crowd. They're dropping off toys for needy kids, and we couldn't be more thankful to the Warriors for reaching out to us and offering to help. What we have is the San Francisco firefighters started roughly 60, 70 years ago fixing old bikes in a firehouse for neighborhood kids. And since that time, the program has grown to serving over 45,000 children, not just in San Francisco, but really around the world. We've sent toys to Japan after the earthquake. We've sent toys to New York and New Orleans after the hurricanes. We send toys to children's shelters, women's shelters. Wherever there's a child in need, we send the toys. So we're really thankful for the Warriors to come out and help us this uh, Christmas season. just giving back and I think it's incredible what these gentlemen are doing, you know, the firefighters and it's important for us to support and uh, what a better location um, than to do it right here. So it's an honor just to be part of it and to be giving back in a small way. I'm not too far removed from you know, being a young kid and dreaming about opening up gifts uh, for Christmas. So if we can put a smile on, you know, one kid's face, it, uh, it is, it is an, a heck of an accomplishment. So I'm honored to just be part of the process, and this is a job well done by a lot of folks.
this is what it's all about. It's about impacting lives and making a difference. And I'm absolutely honored and humbled to be part of this process. You know, give this, these firefighters a lot of credit for what they've done, not just today, but for a long time now. It's, it's, it's a heck of a job, and you make a lot of people happy on Christmas Day. For us, it's just about impacting lives. You know, this, this warrior organization is committed in this area, not just in San Francisco, and I think they have a history of, of doing just that, so I'm proud to be part of it. Shoots over him, it's up and good. Harrison Barnes can feel it right now. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now to answer your questions. We like to do that. We can do it via Twitter or via email at WarriorsVox on Twitter, WarriorsVox, and also email uh, Timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. So let's get to your questions tonight. And as always, we get a ton of questions about Andrew Bogan. A whole bunch of you want to know about the timetable. And it seems like we do this on a weekly basis. We know it's so important to you. So let's get the latest update. We had a number of uh, tweets asking about that. So let's hear from Warriors General Manager Bob Myers on the latest on the progress of Warriors Center Andrew Bogan. Whenever he comes back, we're going to welcome him with open arms. And we're, I mean, we're going to be a much better team. But he, he's going to come back. My days of predicting are over. Our thanks to Warriors General Manager Bob Myers. And I'm pretty sure... Uh, we'll have another Andrew Bogut update next week here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We know that all the fans are very excited about getting Andrew Bogut on the floor to see what he can do with this upstart Golden State Warriors ball club that's playing so well right now uh, under head coach Mark Jackson. And with that, on to the next question. It comes from Brad Ahearns19 on Twitter who wants to know, how has Harrison Barnes' development been progressing thus far. And I think if you listened last night to yours truly and Tom Tolbert uh, discussing the fact that Mark Jackson wants Harrison Barnes to be an aggressive player on the floor, to try to be making plays when he's out there, he did that last night. But let's hear it in Harrison's own words as to how he thinks he is progressing uh, so far in his rookie campaign. I'm just working on my all-around game. Um, there's so many different ways. I mean, we have so many different scores on this team. So, I mean, whether it's, you know, working in the post, working on the elbow, three-point line, whatever it is. One thing to look at, too, with Harrison Barnes and, and Draymond Green, Festus Azili right now, is that they have played their entire college season right now. They have 32 games. That's roughly an entire college season counting NCAA tournament play. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust through this middle part of the season. We talk about this every year, that there is a rookie wall in the NBA, and we'll see how all those players adjust when they hit that wall and uh, what kind of production uh, Golden State will be able to get out of those three when they kind of slug their way through that. And every rookie, for the most part, almost every rookie uh, goes through that transition. And as we wrap up Warriors Box tonight, I want to thank everybody who chimed on in uh, last night about uh, yours truly working with Tom Tolbert. Had a great time with Tom and look forward to the other nine games that he will be sitting in with us on Warriors Radio. Next time Tommy will be alongside is next Wednesday night when the Warriors take on 
the Memphis Grizzlies. When we continue here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, a look ahead to that contest with the Grizzlies as well as Saturday night's rematch with the L.A. Clippers. As we talk to Brian Seaman, the voice of the Clippers, and Eric Hasseltine, the voice of the Grizzlies. Now join us for another Authentic Fan Friday presented by Comcast Sportsnet on January 11th. See the Warriors take on the Portland Trailblazers and be part of the Authentic Fan Experience. The first 19,000 fans will receive a Carl Landry's Collector Series cheer card. For ticket information, go to warriors.com slash fanfriday. A preview of the next two games as we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Up and good, David Lee getting to wherever he wants to go on the floor and knocking everything down. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Butler has it wing right for three. It was halfway down. No, Chris Paul has the rebound. Back to DeAndre. Oh, baby, look out below. DeAndre Jordan loiters above the cup and spikes it through. And DeAndre now with 11 points and 6 rebounds. 60-34 to 34 Clippers on top by 26. We continue here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy. A special invitation for Warrior fans. Your chance to meet the great Jerry West. The logo. He's the featured guest. KMBR's Dinner with a Legend. Hosted by Tom Tolbert. It's next to Thursday, January 10th at the City Club in San Francisco. So make sure you check it out at KMBR.com. Uh, joined by the voice of the L.A. Clippers, Brian Seaman. And, Brian, the last night uh, ball game, I'm sure that uh, your fans would have liked to have gone a different way. But the, the good thing about last, last night's game was it was a great feature between the Warriors and Clippers who have been down for so long. Uh, teams now 1-2 and two in the Pacific Division. And it did have a, a little bit of a, of a playoff-type atmosphere at Oracle last night. I mean, the whiteout was special, and even when the Clippers were terrible, even when the Warriors weren't very good, that was always a great place to play. And as you've seen it, uh, the fans come out there in droves. But basketball is back in the Bay Area, and as I was telling you, uh, you know, when, the, when they last played, you know, these two teams, in my mind, are built to last, you know, at least last for more than a season. And I don't think that's been the case, certainly not with the Clippers. You know, back in 2005, 2006, they got Sam Cassell, and I felt like they'd only be as good as Sam was, and that turned out to be pretty accurate. And now they've got guys in their prime, and they're ready to go forward here um, for the long haul. And I kind of feel that same way you know, about the Warriors. It's, it's a fun environment. You know, I was concerned about the game last week, let alone last night, uh, and I'm concerned about the game on, on Saturday. The Warriors do uh, the three-point shooting as good as anybody in the league, and the Clippers are still trying to figure out a way to defend the perimeter and i got to be honest, I couldn't have been less surprised with the result last night. But it will be an interesting game on Saturday when the venue changes. No, no, no doubt. And I think that, that the Clippers have a player on their roster, and, and I think there's only about five or six of them in, in the entire association who is truly feared, and that's Chris Paul. Because uh, he just has this tremendous will. And give me a couple of examples of what you've seen with him this year and, and in the previous year that makes him such a special player. The best story that I can, I can tell you is one that was documented a little bit, but if you didn't follow the series, you wouldn't know about it. The Clippers are down 27 points in game one against Memphis, and it, it was the Sunday game, and it was literally the last game played you know, in the first round for opening weekend. And to give you a bit of a history that weekend, it was, this, it was just 24 hours after you know, Derek Rose tore his ACL 
in a game that appeared to be over. And many people say that he shouldn't have been out there. Uh, I didn't see the game to get a feel of it. But here you are. You're down 27 in Memphis to game one with a team that's never been there. I'm saying literally in the second quarter, chalk this one up to experience. Let's get them out in the third quarter. Let them get their minutes in and then, then pull them out for the fourth. And Chris Paul, the whole time in the second half, is telling Vinny, we're not coming out. We're not coming out. Then he has to give Chris a breather to start the fourth quarter, and, and Chris goes ballistic. Like, he is furious at Vinny and saying, you put me back out there right now. I mean, seriously, they're down 27 points. Vinny says, okay, I'll put you back in there. And he says, you wait. You just wait before I come out. You wait. And, and all of a sudden, you know, 27 goes to 21. I'm still thinking, uh, I get it. I appreciate the, huff, the hustle and the effort, but it's just not going to happen 21 goes to 15, then to 9, then to 6, to 3, and then the Clippers take the lead. And, you know, there was a lot of people that chipped in on that, but I think it was Chris Paul's infectious attitude, his refusal to lose and accept that that's going to be part of the equation on some nights. That's the best story. And I think that was really a game that turned the the culture around in that locker room. And now they go into every game thinking that they can win. And it's a big part of Chris's uh, persona, his makeup, and what makes him so terrific. Brian Siemens, our guest, the voice of the L.A. Clippers, Warriors and Clippers on Saturday. Uh, last night in the locker room after the game, uh, the Clippers, almost to a man, talked about missing Karam Butler. Why is he so special uh, for this team? Well, he's, he is the epitome of toughness, for sure. I think everybody kind of rallies around his toughness. I don't think the results are going to be that different from last night with Karan, and I love him. Um, but, you know, it kind of the, the rotation was different for the Clippers, you know, with Matt Barnes being in the starting lineup. And Warrior fans know what a warrior Matt Barnes is, but he's best suited on this team coming off the bench and trying to slow down a hot hand. So I think it messed up the rotation a little bit. But Karan has been playing, you know, terrific basketball over the past week, had six three-pointers the other night, in fact, six for six against Utah to close out the, you know, calendar year. Uh, he's just a good wing defender. He's a tough-minded guy, and I think, much like Chris's refusal to lose, I think people rally behind Karan. You know, Karan broke his hand in game one against Memphis, and everybody thought he'd be out until at least the second round. Well, he missed game two, and then he was out there for game three, and I think that really inspired the locker room. And everybody knows that that guy's there to win. Last night, Blake Griffin takes a tough fall on a, a, a foul by Festus Azili. Is he okay? He seems to be okay. I talked to the training staff afterwards. They were surprised there wasn't a knot on his head. Uh, he gets thrown around a lot. I mean, you have to foul him hard, and he's you know he's not as big as Shaq was, so he's big enough where he's going to feel some of those hard fouls. Uh, but to his credit, you know everybody was worried about his. And I knock on wood as I say this, you know after his rookie year that became you know obviously wiped away with the knee injury, people were concerned. He's never missed a game. He has not missed a game since he started playing. Let's hope that streak continues. Obviously, but he's a tough kid. He really is. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jamal Crawford and, and Jared Jack, two guys that, that you know both franchises feel that have to be in the talk for six man of the year. And uh, I had a brief, you know, uh, I guess exposure to Jamal Crawford when he was with the Warriors, albeit the team wasn't very good. But, but I tell you, there are moments when he just gets it going, and it's almost like he is in a different mental state of mind. You know, he'll hit a couple of shots, and then you know the next three or four are going down. It doesn't matter if there's a guy there. It doesn't matter where that shot's coming from. It's going to go in. I mean, he, he's incredible that way. He is off the charts. And I think, you know, 
because of his reputation, and he doesn't, you know, it isn't just a reputation. I mean, it's, it is fact. You know, there'll be nights when you're right. He just, he has an out-of-body experience, and those nights happen probably once a week, I would suspect, whether it's for five or six minutes, or we've seen it this year for, you know, every minute that he's played. But because he has a reputation, he still influences the game, whether he's making shots or not. No coach wants to let him get going. Nobody wants to see him hit a couple of shots in a row because uh, that's just going to turn on the spigot and it's going to be hard to turn it off. I mean, he is terrific. His handle is as good as anybody, uh, you know, in the NBA. And, you know, I made the comparison last night to, you know, Jared Jack and Jamal Crawford impact the game. They're both outstanding players, but they might be on the opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, Crawford can come in there and he can shoot you in a game, he can shoot you out of a game, but Jared Jack is a guy that is steady and he can hit the big shot just like Crawford can. He gets everybody involved. I think Jared Jack and, and Jamal Crawford, if you flip the coin, you put Jared's picture on one side and Jamal's on the other, you flip the coin and wherever it landed. I don't think anybody would complain if one of those two guys got you know, sixth man of the year. They're both deserving, and it's going to be fun to watch them play the rest of the way. Oh, no doubt. I mean, we know that Matt Barnes is another former Warrior. We know what he brings to the table. I'm kind of curious to see what you think uh, down the road what Grant Hill and Chauncey Billups can bring to the Clippers. You know, Chauncey will, the, the addition of Chauncey won't do anything to disrupt the rotation, certainly not the chemistry. Um, you know, Willie Green is a consummate pro. And Willie know, knows the situation. He knew the situation when he came here that he was going to basically be a placeholder, you know, until Chauncey got healthy. And that was kind of the case. Chauncey's played three games. Willie went from being a starter to not even getting off the bench in blowouts. And it's not a disrespect to him. I think it was more of a sign of respect from Vinny to say, I'm not going to just give you garbage minutes. The Grant Hill situation will be a great problem to have. That rotation in the small forward position will be interesting. I don't know, you know how they're going to get it done, and we don't know what Grant's going to be able to give you. My, my belief is they'll work him in in the regular season, try to get him some minutes, much like they did with Lamar Odom. Even though you know, at the beginning of the season Lamar came in out of shape, Vinny Del Negro I thought made a great decision to say, I've got to just throw him some minutes to keep him engaged. Five minutes here, six minutes there. I think you're going to do that with Grant. You want Chauncey and Grant in April, May, maybe June. I've said this all along. You don't need those guys in the first half of the season. It's just not where they're needed. They, got, they were brought here for their veteran leadership in the playoffs, and I think that's where they're going to come in. But I think Grant's not too far away, and I think Chauncey's kind of on his heels there's no timeline because the Clippers have played so well. You know, it's almost like you guys, Andrew Bogut, as you and I were talking last night. Hey, look, you've got some pennies in the piggy bank. Let these guys get healthy. Let them come back at full strength and then kind of go from there. Brian, thank you so much for your, uh, your help on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Look forward to seeing you again on Saturday. Safe travels, Tim. We'll see you on Saturday. So the Warriors take on the Clippers Saturday and then don't play until Wednesday after a, a tough stretch of games. Golden State gets a couple of days. To, uh, to relax and, and to get back to the practice floor and, and to rest up some aching bodies. And then they get ready for the Memphis Grizzlies. They come to town on the 9th. Eric Hasseltine is a longtime voice of the Grizzlies. And this is a team, Eric, that, you know, they're, they're, they're playing well. I think they're right on pace to where they, they should be for the most part. Uh, and it's a, it's a tough lunch pail defense first team, and, and I, I just love watching them play because it seems like on most nights, and just like everybody else, they have a couple of nights where it's it's hard to turn the switch, but on most nights, this team's going to get down and dirty and compete with you, you know, baseline to baseline. Yeah, they are, Tim, and, and they, they're doing it with defense, and when they spread out and move the ball offensively, 
they're awfully tough to beat. And, you know, I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, the, the Homer guy that thinks everything's great and in the River City because there are some issues with this team right now without question. Uh, after a 12-2 and two start to the year, a 7-7 and seven month of December raised some questions. But overall, when they, when they play the type of basketball they're capable of, and move the basketball effectively on the offensive end. Their defense is, is really good, and that keeps them not only in games, but gives them the opportunity to build big leads. And uh, if that offense is operating efficiently, they're, they're tough to beat. And it just seems like they're the throwback team in the NBA, where their offense doesn't start with the perimeter. It starts at the box and works its way out, and and that's really kind of a, a blessing. It makes the Grizzlies, I think, a tougher team to defend because it's no longer the norm. They're the unusual team that starts the ball at the box and then works its way out. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a fair statement because you used to see teams like that a whole lot more with guys down low. You know, you think of the Knicks when they had Patrick Ewing and, and they had Charles Oakley next to him, or you think of uh, the great teams with Houston where they had Akeem Olajuwon, whether it was Ralph Sampson or at times Otis Thorpe down there, and they could go inside. Chicago, obviously, with Michael Jordan was a little different scenario. But, you know, those teams uh, all back in those days had big men down there, and Marc Gasol has become uh, arguably, if not the best, one of the three best centers in, in the NBA. He passes uh, so incredibly well from the high post and from the block. Uh, that the team has gone to calling him a young Sabonis. And Zach Randolph was around Arvidius Sabonis when he was up in Portland. And for Randolph, here's a guy that got a second chance and, and has made the most of it. He had a reputation that was pretty soiled uh, throughout the league. He's kind of known him as a knucklehead and a bad guy in the locker room. And he's done nothing but great things in Memphis, both on and off the floor. He's a beloved member of the community now and arguably the fans' favorite player alongside Tony Allen. So, They've made a, an incredible combination. They get along very, very well both on and off the floor and have each other's back at all times. And then you have Rudy Gay on the wing. Uh, and sometimes I think it's almost to a detriment because it, it gets a little bogged down with those two guys being so good on the post and maybe Marcus Dahl has to come out more than he should. And, and you have to structure it back around where the, the lacking aspect of the offense is the outside shooting in the starting five. But Mike Conley's trying to answer for that and he's getting more and more confident. So, again, if they space it out, they spread the ball around and move the ball quickly, uh, they create a lot of problems. Where they run, they try to hold on to the ball and run high pick and rolls to uh, to a detriment to where they're, uh, they're stalling too much and getting into late shot clock situations. Tell me what you like about the, the bench. You know, they're banged up right now, unfortunately. Jared Bayless turned his ankle in Boston. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. Quincy Pondexter with a knee bruise is going to be out for four to six weeks, more than likely. But I like the fact they can bring size in with most Spates and Darrell Arthur. Arthur hit a couple of threes even in the game against Boston. And Spates, when he's aggressive, can really score. Bayless gave them another option at point guard. But the depth there, and they have players at each position, the one aspect, again, with them, same type of thing, continue to stay aggressive. Wayne Ellington has got to look for his shot a little bit more, but when he's shooting, he's on. He was a big factor in a win over Miami earlier in the year, but this is a team that that now has depth that can give the starters more time off the floor, which gives them more of an ability to be fresh towards the end of the season and make a playoff run. Yeah, the Grizzlies have only played 29 games. Even the Warriors have played three more games uh, than the Grizzlies. At what point do the Grizzlies get hammered with their schedule? Everybody gets hammered at some point. And at what point do the Grizzlies get hammered? 
I think it's in March. Uh, they've got a lot of games on the road. They've got a four and five night stretch through Portland and Los Angeles, and then Denver and Utah, and some tough games at home with Oklahoma City and Boston. Then they've got to go out east to Washington and New York, back to back with Houston and Minnesota uh, over a weekend there. So uh, road game in Miami mixed in there, and uh, other games around there. That's where they're going to get tested. February is pretty spaced out. Uh, January. This next two-week stretch is tough. So aside from this two-week stretch, it's definitely going to be the month of March. But you hope by that time you're healthy and you're you're hitting your your stride with all cylinders. Yeah, no question. In fact, the, you know the Warriors are going through their toughest stretch of the schedule as far as competition right now. I think their toughest stretch in terms of number of games was right there in December with that long road trip they went on where they went six and mm-hmm. one. But but to me, for the Warriors, I think their their date is is March the fourth when they open a, a home stand against Toronto. Because that will start a stretch of 16 of the last 22 games for the Warriors will be at home, and and yeah, and Oracle's a good home, a court advantage to begin with. So if, to me, if Golden State is is decent enough to be in the mix on on March the fourth when they host the Raptors, I I think the Warriors will be in. I I, I don't disagree with you, and I you know in the early part of the year, you know you get fans that try to look at types of wins, and after the Grizzlies had beaten Golden State. Uh, in that game, in the in the second game of the year for them, uh, you know, people here were like, "Well, it's Golden State." I said, "Hey, make no bones about it. That Golden State team is a lot better than you're giving them credit for." And, and I'm not surprised to see uh, the development of what you guys are doing with the pieces that you have. And and I think it's going to be a great battle Wednesday night. You guys will be rested. The Grizzlies will have a day off after a game in Sacramento. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a hell of a matchup out there in Oakland on Wednesday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we look forward to it. It's a seven o'clock airtime on KBR. Uh, 680 with our pregame show. Eric, thank you so much for your commentary on the Grizzlies and look forward to seeing you uh, next Wednesday night. It's always a pleasure, my friend. You know, I don't, I don't know if people realize, but having grown up in Walnut Creek and been a De La Salle guy and had Warriors season tickets, it's always special for me to come back to Oracle Arena and think of the great memories I saw there with the run TMC days and then catch up with you and having known you throughout my career and the influence you've had. It's, a, it's definitely a special night for me always. Well, it's always great to have you back in the Bay Area. Thanks, bud. My thanks to Brian Seaman, the voice of the Clippers, and Eric Hasseltine, the voice of the Grizzlies, for a look at two of the better teams in the Western Conference. We'll check that schedule one more time as we wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KNBR 680, the sports leader. I don't believe it. I can't believe it. You're unbelievable. Unbelievable. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Hi, Tim Roy. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, but don't go away just yet. We have to look ahead to the upcoming schedule and that big rematch on Saturday night down at Staples, Warriors and Clippers, and you know that Chris Paul is going to want a little payback. Chris Paul with up double down the lane. Oh, the seas part, and he rides the tide straight to the tin and lays it up. Warriors and Clippers, 7 o'clock, the airtime on KMBR, a 680. And then Golden State gets a, a couple of days to rest and to practice and to work on things. Because on Wednesday, January 9th, the post-up wizardry of Zach Randolph comes to Oracle Arena. Conley feeds top of the key, Gasol. Bounces for Randolph on Kufos. Turn around, lefty hook is good. Oh, how soft and sweet was that from Zach Randolph on the left block. Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, 7 o'clock the airtime on KBR 680. It's also Stephen Curry bobblehead night, brought to you by Metro PCS. The first 10,000 fans receive a Stephen Curry limited edition bobblehead, 
courtesy of Metro PCS. Hi, Tim Roy. That's going to wrap up our show. Our thanks to Andres Beatrice, the Warrior Center, for joining us on the weekly roundtable. My thanks to Eric Hasseltine, the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and also to Brian Seaman, the voice of the L.A. Clippers. And my thanks to Warriors GM Bob Myers, head coach Mark Jackson, and Harrison Barnes for their participation in this week's show. R.C. Davis is our producer at the controls, David Feldhouse. I, Tim Roy, saying good night for the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. The 49ers Insider Show with Ted Robinson is up next. Warriors and Clippers, 7 o'clock on Saturday, right here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. It's a four on three. The trailer's Curry right side. Fires away. Three ball. For tickets, go to Warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.